It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We're also available via email, 610KONA.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Parlor and Facebook at the Bottom Line 610, and the free mobile app available through the Google Play and the Apple Stores. God, Ed, it feels like a week since we've been here. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, we won't mention last night. Go Hawks. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. Uh, we, uh, believe me, we can talk about, there's a lot of things that could be talked about with last night. Yeah. Uh, but that notwithstanding. We've got well, more important business to get to. We do. And one of those things is something that before we went to the Seahawks game yesterday, you heard from the governor uh, talking about this neat little new thing that, well, most people around here aren't going to download onto their phones. Um, but it's a way to to try and help again in the spread of COVID-19. Uh, but our guest, Todd Myers, the director of the, for the Center of, or excuse me, let me get this out because it's been a week, my mouth's not working, director of the Center for the Environment for the Washington Policy Center uh, is with us. Todd, you've done some digging uh, on on the the tracing that the state has been doing, the Department of Health, and so on and so forth. And, and you found some very interesting, um, numbers and some interesting behaviors from the state itself, even though the governor is telling us that, that we all need to be doing our part. Right. So one of the things that I do as environmental director is track the effectiveness of government policies on the environment. And what I consistently find is that government does a very poor job of achieving the environmental goals. Um, so when COVID hit, and they did many of the same types of things, made many of the same promises, used you know, the same dashboards and metrics. I said, well, let me, let me look at how they do here since it's very similar to what they do in the environment. And what I'm finding is also very similar, which is, is that they are missing their targets badly. And the one that I highlighted yesterday is the state's effort to do what's called case investigation and contact tracing. And basically what that is is that when somebody tests positive, the uh, somebody from the State Department of Health will give you a call and say, okay, think about who you've been around, right? Think about who you might have exposed and, and reach out to those people and tell them, you know, watch their health, be careful. There's no mandates, there's no requirements when they call you, but they do do it to try to make sure that they're containing the spread so you're not inadvertently spreading it to others. They have a target of reaching 90% of people within one day after that positive test. Uh, for a long time, they weren't releasing their metrics at all, how well they were doing, but finally they have. And the most recent effort shows that instead of 90%, they are reaching 6%, 6% of people. Essentially, they're doing nothing. And what's even worse is, is that they are now, even though we're in the midst of a big increase in the number of cases statewide, they're reaching fewer people than they were in mid-October. So at the time when we need them to do the most their uh, effort is basically collapsing. We're talking with Todd Myers with the Washington Policy Center. He's the director for the Center of the Environment. Now, Todd, uh, how much of that uh, very low uh, percentage of contact tracing contacts has to do with, uh, one, COVID fatigue, and two, 
a large uh, group of people in this state that don't want to have any part of any contact tracing. Sure. I, and I understand that. Um, and, but that's addressed in there. Um, in addition to how many people they contact, it also says how many people they tried to contact. So that's just them putting out a call or sending a text because when you test positive, you, they have some sort of contact in most cases from you because they, you know, you sign up for the test. And so they have a phone number to reach you. They only tried to reach 11% of people. So even if every single person that they called, called them back within 24 hours, they still would have been only reaching 11% rather than the 90%. So th this is not a situation where people are skeptical of government talking to them. It is a situation where they're not even doing their job. Now, again, for our listeners, is this at the state level contact tracing or is this a, a, a combination of all the health districts doing their local contact tracing and uploading that information to the DOH? This is the state, and so uh, counties and health districts will do their own, but these are the ones that are assigned to the State Department of Health. Um, so this is just theirs. And look, I am as you know uh, nervous about <laughs> privacy and government having my data as anybody else, but you have to remember that the government already has your data. They already know that you've tested positive um, for COVID in these circumstances because um, of the health record. So um, not answering the phone call is is not going to be helpful. In fact, I talked with somebody um, uh, who was also conservative and said that he got a call when he got COVID, and he said it was very helpful that actually that Pierce County gave him a lot of information. So uh, I would encourage people to answer the call. But again, even if everyone answers the call, um, they're still far from doing what they need to do. And and the problem with this is is that the state is essentially flying blind. And so the result is, is that when they want to do restrictions, um, instead of being able to target where there's outbreaks, where there's spread, things like that, they just simply have to shut down the entire economy because they're ignorant. They have no idea how to control it. So they just say, instead of targeting it, we're going to shut everything down and the economic costs are paid um, by families and businesses. And that's why we're seeing the governor do basically the same thing in November that he had to do in March, even though we should be, you know, have much more information now. And we're talking with Todd Myers from the Washington Policy Center here on The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA. So, Todd, already we know that there are a number of pockets around the state that, that have lost a significant amount of confidence in the way that the governor and other agencies in the state have handled this pandemic. Uh, do you think that this this latest revelation um, is going to maybe it is going to turn more people off to what, even if it's for the best intentions of what they're trying to accomplish, is this going to seed more doubt in people around the state or in certain areas of the state to where already there are questions of the way the governor and other agencies have handled the pandemic um, to where we continue to have really a, a, a huge lack of communication, in my opinion, between the agencies and what they're trying to accomplish versus what people and the inferences that they're getting from specifically the governor. Yes, I think, unfortunately, that is true. And I think that the what is causing that frustration is the gap between the rhetoric 
from elected officials who are very scolding, who lecture people about what they should and should not do and the risks that they are taking um, and sort of blaming people for taking those risks, while at the same time, they're not doing their own job. And again, it's not a matter of, you know, that they're missing by a little bit. Their goal is 90 percent and they're doing 6 percent. That, I think, is what causes the frustration is that people are getting lectured. They're paying very high costs. Meanwhile, government is not doing, you know, even the minimum level that it should be doing to help reduce those costs. Now, we talked a little bit about the about the app earlier, and I'm sure there are, I mean, already the, the, there was a report 200,000 people have already downloaded it. Is, if people down, say people do this, okay, say, say people down, say all of a sudden everybody buys into it and you get two, three million people that download this app, which I'm sure they'd be just thrilled with. Is this going to help them do their job ultimately if more people do this, or is this going to do their job for them? So I think actually the app is a really positive step. I've down, I will say I have downloaded it. I wouldn't encourage people to download it if I hadn't. So I have activated it on my phone. And what I think this is evidence of is that where government fails, the private sector kicks in, and people voluntarily, um, you know, working together can do it. What the app does is it, you know, takes data and then says, okay, somebody who has tested positive for COVID was near you, you know, 24 hours ago. Um, So monitor your health, do the following things. This is essentially facilitating people communicating with each other without having to go through government. Um, So I think it is a, is a positive approach. Not everybody's going to want to do it. I understand that there's no requirement to turn it on. Like I said, I have, Um, but I think that's a better way. The concern I have is, is that, in order to, if you test positive, in order to add that test into the app, you have to get a code from the Department of Health so that people aren't putting fake, you know, um, positive tests in there. But if the Department of Health is falling so far behind, um, then I think that makes what could be a positive thing um, essentially, you know, far less useful because they, they're they not capable of providing the codes and providing the information that's necessary to make the app work effectively. No. And we're talking with Todd Myers. He is the director of the Center for the Environment with the Washington Policy Center. Todd, was this, you mentioned this is developed private sector. Was there any government involvement in the development of this? Did did the state put funds towards the development of this? Um, Or is this something that purely came from one person's uh, desire to try and help in the process? So it was developed by Apple and Google. Um, And then the state did have some oversight. The University of Washington um, looked at it and and helped test it. So there has been government uh, oversight of it. Um, And I don't know that they paid any more than the staff time of people at UW to develop it. So so that's how it, it kind of came together. Um, like I said, it's, it's voluntary. The more people that use it, the more, I think the more effective it is. Um, but one thing I try to remind people is when people are nervous about this, look, I, and I totally understand, I don't want the government having any more data about me than is necessary. So I, I'm not dismissing those concerns, which I think are legitimate. But what people have to remember, and I've worked in state government, I can tell you that government's problem is not that it's hyper-competent. 
it's that it's not competent, <laughs> right? That's what the fact that they're only doing 6% of calls and they're trying to do 90%. So even if government has data about you, they're unlikely to use that in an effective way <laughs> to control you. That's my concern. I think people oftentimes say, I don't want the government to have data because they can start doing things to me. And my answer is, the government can't even do the things that it's supposed to do well Trust me, they're not going to be able – it's going to be hard for them to screw with you. But having said that, if people don't want to do it, I certainly understand. Now, Todd, one last question for you before we let you go, and we appreciate always the time that you have for us. Um, As we continue to go down this road um, and we continue to see – we know we've got a vaccine that's supposed to be ready in in a couple weeks to start shipping out – We've got a couple of them that could be on the horizon. People, some are saying that everybody in the United States by summer could uh, be looking at the possibility of getting a vaccine for COVID-19. With that said, do you see any change in the way that specifically Governor Inslee is handling this situation do you think that with the advent of a vaccine, with what you've seen government agencies and how they've responded in the state of Washington, are we going to continue to have these harsher measures? Or do you think that once the vaccine becomes available for healthcare workers, long-term care residents, and so on and so forth, we're going to take a, a wait and see on how the vaccine works before we do anything approach? I think, unfortunately, um they will leave the restrictions on longer than necessary and will find reasons to continue to have a number of different restrictions. Um, And that, I think, is the biggest casualty, um, ongoing casualty of this year. Um, I have to be careful about saying that. I don't mean to say that the deaths aren't a casualty, but sort of the the non-health casualty that we're going to see for a long time is that there has been essentially no oversight and one person in the state could set all the rules and do whatever he wants and shut down the entire economy without any oversight. And I think it's very difficult to come back completely from that. I think that is a really danger, a uh, big danger long term. Um, and I think, unfortunately, the gov- uh, governor will not want to give up all those powers anytime soon. We've heard it said that the cure is, you know, potentially for this, and and by that, people talking about the restrictions and and so on and so forth, could be worse potentially than the disease. I can't help but wonder if it's a fair statement to say that the politicization of this has been worse than the disease itself. I don't know that we have to compare. Um, It is a serious illness. My brother-in-law got it. He is younger than me and healthy, and it hit him very hard. Um, A lot of people have died from it. that doesn't mean that we ignore the cost to the economy, the cost which which also has caused um, you know lots and lots of health and economic problems. Uh, the impact on school children of staying out of school. We know that they have lost a year of school. All of those things. We don't have to say that COVID hasn't been serious to recognize that all of those other things are extremely serious and that we have managed them very badly. Todd Myers, the director for the Center of the Environment here on the bottom line. Todd, a part of the Washington Policy Center. Always appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we talk to you before Christmas. If not, happy holidays to you and yours. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Going to take a time out. 547-1610. 509-547-1610. Lots to unpack today. 
We'll give you a chance to uh, join in. You can email us, too, by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page. Send us your question or your comments. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA 547 You can email us too by going to the website 610KONA.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. A uh, couple of things uh, that uh, came out of Washington, D.C., which is interesting. Uh, Some people have been waiting for the U.S. Department of Justice to weigh in on the uh, allegations of voter fraud in the election and whether or not it would uh, change the outcome of the election itself. And Bill Barr, William Barr, came out earlier today and said something that the mainstream media has picked up and has run with and and made sure to point out, uh, especially when it comes to people who think that there might have been nefarious activities going on with the election that affected uh, President Trump from getting reelected. They, The DOJ says that they have not seen any evidence of widespread voter fraud and certainly not anything that would warrant the overturning of the election results. Here's something to consider. The DOJ is not responsible for maintaining election security, nor are they in charge of investigating any alleged crimes associated with election security. That falls at the feet of the Department of Homeland Security, not the DOJ. DHS is the agency that would be, if they are, looking into things. But everybody assumes that because the Department of Justice is the is the top, you know, Bill Barr is the is the top cop, if you will, uh, in in the nation, and you know all these different uh, things that have been allegedly going on uh, for some time, uh, you know, flows through his office. Well, that's the thing, is that the DOJ does not investigate election fraud. It's the Department of Homeland Security. Now, Bill Barr did make an announcement that might might have uh, some in Washington, D.C., some swamp dwellers a little bit uh, shaking in their boots. He confirmed uh, that... There will be an investigation into Russiagate and 
John Durham will lead that investigation. And by assigning him to that investigation, it does remove the chance that if and or when Joe Biden takes over as president, he will not be able to remove John Durham. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA, 547-1610. If you would like to get involved in the program, CBD American Shaman across from the Grand Elevator, Clearwater in Kennewick, 100% all natural. CBD products. Make sure you stop in, talk to the knowledgeable experts there on CBD, and they will let you know what they have that may be beneficial for you. And here's the thing. They give you a a 30-day money-back guarantee with anything you purchase. That means if you use the product, you partially use the product. If you don't use the product, within 30 days, if you bring it back with your receipt, you will get your money back with CBD American Shaman. Beginning this Saturday morning at 930, you'll be able to tune in to the CBD American Shaman show here on News Radio 610 KONA to learn about what benefits CBD could have for you. 547-1610, if you want to get involved, Robin Dan hanging with you. And you know, it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> that, that's an understatement and, I, and, I, and I, know, I, I know framing it that way is, is just opening up the floodgates but, uh, but I'll, explain, I'll explain why it's an interesting time after we go to the phones you're up on the bottom line News Radio 610 K1A what's your name where are you calling from hey this is Matt from Golenbeck what's up Matt well I'm, I'm kind of curious here so we got Bill Barr that says within Two weeks, or, you know, a couple of weeks of the election that there's no fraud going on there, and he's conclusive on it. But then uh, we've got four years of the Russian gate investigation going on, and he's going to look into it some more. I mean, what's really happening here? Well, Matt, Bard didn't say there was no evidence of fraud. He said there was no evidence of fraud that would change the outcome of the election. That is a much, that's a different statement. That's actually, what he said was, we have found no evidence of fraud, meaning the DOJ, that would change the outcome of the election. We, the DOJ. DOJ. And as I just got done explaining, the DOJ is not the agency, is not the federal agency that investigates things like voter fraud. That is the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, it's semantics, but it is something that Bill Barr can say and the mainstream media can go crazy over and say, well, you know, there's another example of how Trump is doing unfounded claims of of any voter fraud, even his own DOJ leader. But but this the way the statement was put out there doesn't say they did not find they didn't find any evidence of voter fraud. The statement says it alludes to the fact that we found voter fraud, but not enough that would change the outcome of the election. We did find voter fraud in the little investigation that we did at the end of the Justice Department. What the Justice Department did, because it's, it's all in the words, it's all in the wording. The Justice Department found no evidence of voter fraud that would change the election outcome. Not the Justice Department did not find voter fraud, period. 
And to Matt's other point, Durham is not going to reopen the Russiagate investigation that was led by Adam Schiff. No. He is looking into Adam Schiff doing bad things around the Russiagate investigation. So, yeah, it's it's the, the look, Bill Barr is a smart guy. He's an incredibly smart guy, and he chooses his words very carefully. And, of course, it, 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 uh, an added bonus to all this information that he gave us, he's also uh, set up the mainstream media to go crazy, and they are. All the major networks are saying, see, nope, nothing to see here about voter fraud, even Bill Barr. You know, you know, the DOJ guy that that Trump appointed and and is, uh, you know, had by his side the whole time. Even they didn't find anything. That's what the message is from the mainstream media. Now, look, I'm not trying to advance a conspiracy theory or anything like that. But like I said, two points. One, he said that. They didn't find anything, uh, evidence of voter fraud that would overturn the election. They didn't. They are not the agency that fully investigates that. That would be the Department of Homeland Security. And we have not heard from them. And and th- look, th- that is not a statement from, you know, out of desperation and, oh, you know, Ed can't handle the, the outcome of the election. No, that's not it at all. It is, let's, look, this country has been so polarized, politically polarized, and it, it even after this election, and maybe in some cases it's, it's ramped up, that we are only looking through the lens of, of the party uh, political affiliation, and even more so whether you're for Trump or against Trump. And, and that does cross party lines, by the way. Um, whether you're for Trump or not for Trump. I'm doing my best to try to keep this as clear as possible in my own head. Otherwise, I'll go crazy. There is evidence of voter fraud. I've seen it. There, you know, th- look, there is. There's, there's evidence of voter fraud in every single election. Yes. Is there evidence of a grand scheme uh, behind you know, altering the outcome. Enough evidence for me has not come out yet. Um, will it? Don't know. Some very smart lawyers have said that they have evidence. Okay. I'm willing to wait and see what they, what they have. If they, if, if if the likes of uh, Lynn Wood and and Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis and all these other people who are 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 going at it and trying to uncover things, then I want to see what they have. And yeah, there there has been a lot of you know court cases lost already. Um, but that is for the initial investigations. Again, if you believe Sidney Powell and what she has laid out, it's an incredible thing, if true. I'm not ready to say that it's not true. I'm keeping an open mind. 
1610. Maybe the way I see this is a little too hopeful or a little too naive or maybe asking for too much from people in general. My opinion, I don't care if it's five instances. I don't care if it's 50 instances. I don't care if it's one instance. I don't care if it's a thought. Any instance of voter fraud should be dealt with severely. Absolutely. And seriously. I don't care if it's in a race for school board. I don't care if it's in a race for the president of the United States. Any instance of voter fraud should be dealt with severely. This is the one institution that we have as citizens in the United States of America to have an impact in the decisions that are made by government regarding our lives. And for so many people out there to so cavalierly dismiss that there are irregularities, that there's misbehavior, that things that are so blatantly easy to do miraculously will not be done by individuals that have an agenda or an axe to grind is mind-blowing to me. The same people that would put their trust in a system that has shown itself to be compromisable time after time after time just spent the last four years accusing a foreign nation of having an impact on our election. Any possibility to commit voter fraud should be looked at and found a way to be prevented, circumvented in whatever manner possible. I I guess I I just wonder, why do I feel like I am one of the few people that feels that way? There should be zero instances, zero examples. There shouldn't be an acceptable percentage of variance. It's, it's what it should be zero. It, it, it's it's that apathy that if any if you're a person like this or if you know somebody who has said to you, uh, maybe there was voter fraud, but at least it didn't change. I don't think it, it was enough to change the outcome of the election. It's that apathy. Yeah, so that makes it okay, right? It's that apathy that has gotten us to this point. And don't think for a second with all the added mail in ballots that were added to the rolls this year, that that didn't have a, a, a part to play also. But here's the crazy part in all of this, okay? This is what doesn't make sense. Republicans flip four seats <laughs> in California. Four seats in the House in California. Flipped four of them, yep. all right? It is the smallest majority since World War II in the House of Representatives. As of right now, the Senate is saying, and by the way, did anybody miss the announcement that came either last night or early this morning out of Georgia? That the Secretary of State's Department is in fe- investigating 250 
allegations of fraud for the runoff election that hasn't even happened yet? Yeah. That there are organizations, multiple that were named, that are trying to get people from out of state voting, that are trying to get college students registered to vote in Georgia for this election, and people just turn around and dismiss, oh, well, there obviously was no voter fraud in the presidential. Have you lost your ever-loving mind if we are seeing... If there's anything that this presidential election has shown us is the absolute disregard for anybody thinking they're going to get caught for committing voter fraud now in the Georgia runoff elections. You're up at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. What's your name? Where are you calling from? James from Kenwick. What's up? Well, first they said absolutely no fraud. Then maybe a little bit of fraud, but not much. Then... It was widespread, but not still not enough to affect the election. So where is it going to stop? I don't think it matters what they find. They're still going to claim it didn't affect the election. I've been on the road most of the day. I caught the tail end of something earlier this morning. I was wondering if you guys might know anything about it. I heard that possibly China bought the Dominion rights back in October. That is true. Wow. Should that not raise a few eyebrows? <laughs> well, of, course, think? of course it should. You know, for people you that think? for people that are, are, you know, actually paying attention and not just already dreaming of a Biden administration. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, guys, I'm just wondering if we're using Dominion here and that got easily reelected. No, no I, there's I, only one. There's only one county in Washington State that used it, and they didn't use it. If I remember correctly, it wasn't used to audit. It was you just used to count, yep. and that's Franklin County. Franklin County, yep. So, no. Appreciate the call. And, you know, look, there's there's an, there's already been dozens of whistleblowers that have come forward during these you know, these hearings that have taken place in, you know, in front of state legislators. In in the various key states where there was some uh, issues, there's, you know, I go back to the numbers and you mentioned part of them. Republicans won a lot of down ticket races and there were a ton of votes in states across the U.S. only for president, only for Joe Biden. Trump did better than he did before he did better than you know obama did in his re-election something is weird now back to the bottom line on news radio 610 k-o-n-a presented by summit funding in kennewick and prosser it's your voice your show call the legendscasino.com hotline 509-547-1610 Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA-547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities to serve you. They've been doing that for almost 60 years, and they do a heck of a lot more than tires. Uh, if you've been a customer of Perfection Tire, you know the reasons why you keep going back. They do incredible work, and they treat you like one of the members of their own family. Stop by their website, perfectiontire.com to see all the services they provide, and then stop by one of those four locations in the Tri-Cities and support another tremendous local business 
here in our community. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not in an end uh, yet to any of this voter stuff. It is still going to be there. Um, there's different things going on in different states, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, different discussions Arizona. about state yeah, yeah. Arizona, some Nevada, different uh Things going on with state legislatures, different things with going on, talking about electors. Look, we're, we're it's going to play its role out. And, and the thing is, is nothing we can do about it. No. Um, all we can do is sit there and watch. Um, one of the things that I think some people don't realize, especially I think some people on the left don't realize, is that every time they cheer for a case that's been thrown out, gives him the ability to appeal to a higher level. That's right. To eventually get to the Supreme Court. Every time there is a the, a dismissal or a ruling against, the campaign has the ability. Now, that's not saying that the Supreme Court is going to do what he wants it to do, um, because quite honestly, uh, if, if this, and there are people, there have already been people on social media, because you know uh, that's where all the, the Mensa scholars are, is on, is on Twitter, um, that... Uh, Oh, well, if, if anything to do with Trump and the election gets to the Supreme Court, then Kavanaugh and and Gorsuch and, and Coney Barrett, they all have to recuse themselves. They can't have anything. Oh, really? So I guess then that any time uh, that there was a case involving the Obama administration that went to the Supreme Court, which had happened, that Justices Sotomayor and Kagan should have recused themselves because it was the president that appointed them whose case, uh, it was their government. I don't remember their, that happening. Yeah, no, no, it didn't happen, exactly. But, you know, again, the Mensa scholars on on uh, on Twitter, well, they should do it just because... Look, I would be incredibly disappointed that, in those that three That voice always justices. makes me laugh. What? That voice that you make always makes me laugh. Oh, that... <laughs> those, <laughs> those justices, if... They were in the pocket of the president would disappoint me. One of the reasons why I liked those selections was because they were adherers to the rule of law. Yes. The Constitution. Yes. The Constitution. Oh, my gosh. There's a concept. Actually, read the Constitution. Don't interpret the Constitution. Um, If they're in the pocket of the president, that would disappoint me. They are not supposed to be in the pocket of any elected person. They are supposed to be adherers to the rule of law. That is a good justice. That is why activist judiciaries are a problem in our country and unfortunately have set a tone to make people believe that the judiciary should be influenced by whatever political party gave them their seat. They're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be adherent to the Constitution and the rule of law. So if Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Coney Barrett are in the pocket of the president, and if he brings a, if the, if one of these cases that has zero merit, okay, if one of these cases has zero merit and is just appealed, appealed, appealed to get to the Supreme Court, and they rule in favor of the president because he appointed them, I would lose all respect for those three justices. I really think, for better or for worse, that this is going to end. At the highest court in the oh, land. Oh, absolutely it is. And it's probably going to end either the latter half of this month, now that we're in December, or the beginning of January. Keep in mind, January 20th, right, is is Inauguration Day. And whatever comes about, I hope they get it figured out by then. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would think. But, yeah, I, I think the, it, 
depending on what specific case or group of cases um, are before the U.S. Supreme Court, they're the ones that are going to decide, ultimately, this election.